It was like a, I sent you a gif of like Kermit the Frog like just typing away at a typewriter. Like that's like why that was going to happen. But really, it felt like that scene from Spongebob where he's trying to like write an essay. And like he like, he's like, I got it, I got it. And he like starts like... Welcome to the Productivity Lab, the podcast where you put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mark. And today we're talking about a something that I've been wanting to do for a long while, and you're a you're pretty uh, much a pro at as far as I understand. <laughs> it's taking a week or maybe a long weekend off just to work on projects. But before we get to that, how have you been, Mark? What have you been working on? Uh, I've been all right. Uh, some good days, some bad, but, uh, overall, um, it's been pretty good. Uh, I guess the time has been spent reordering things. So a bulk of the technical, uh, Austin podcast handover stuff has been done. Um, so there's just a few small technical things, just very minor things to do. So, but there's not much anything else I need to do. So no planning of the meetups, no organizing anything. (laughs) Um, So uh, that's all been handed over. Um, And uh, so since I've been continually writing my short story and trying to get that done, um, it's I'm trying to finish it because it's ballooning into Mm -hmm. something much larger. And I'm like, ah, maybe I, chose the wrong writing prompt or wrong story mm. type to tell. So, um, but I also just finished my June monthly planning. Uh, mm. so got that all done. Um, got a lot of projects restructured, um, and this spent a good time restructuring everything. So it's now I have a revised and new focus on my, um, publishing imprint. So now I get to work on a long term goal. Um, outside of that, uh, that's been pretty much taking my time, uh, just enjoying some of the new features and notion that, that we got mm. with some of the database stuff. Cause I've been, you know, tweaking and revamping things here and there, um, new Trello features. I love Trello, uh, but new Trello features, uh, that they, now you can color cards, uh, entirely within Trello. You can assign, uh, checklist items to things. So it's been a really a good time spent restructuring, organizing and planning, which is great. So that's kind of what I've been up to. What about you? Um, it's been hard to focus as we talked about before the show Yeah, with everything happening right now in the world. So it wasn't really the most productive week for me and the things that I have been working on, I completed during my working vacation. So we'll get to those later. But I've been uh, trying to educate myself on the issues, and so I've I've been reading the book How to Be an Anti-Racist, which I recommend, mm-hmm. and I watched the documentary last night, 13th, which is about the uh, loophole on the 13th Amendment that allows slavery for prisoners. It was really, really good, really informative. Uh, I knew, like, I knew about the corruption out there, but I didn't really know, like, the details of it. So it was a good, like, crash course into, like, how everything is, uh, uh, I guess, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like how everything's screwed up. Trying to get this non-expletive. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I recommend those two things. Um, 
been reading those. Uh, of course, I've been uh, trying to read other books too. I just I got a new Kindle. Uh, I got the what? Kindle Oasis, which uh, <laughs> it's funny. I got the Kindle Oasis because I was trying to read how to be anti-racist on my Kindle Paperwhite, and I hate the touchscreen controls on the Kindle Paperwhite. Mm-hmm. And I was like already fed up with the world, and I took it out <laughs> on my Kindle. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I want buttons on this thing, and I know the Kindle Oasis has buttons. So I dropped 300 bucks on the new Kindle that I didn't really need. But I'll tell you, reading on that thing for the past two days has been a huge improvement to my reading experience. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not plugging, I'm not showing for Amazon right now. But if you're thinking about getting a Kindle Paperwhite or a Kindle Oasis, get the Oasis because it has buttons and that makes a huge difference. Yes. The touchscreen is not reliable on the Paperwhites. The, uh, yeah, it just isn't really the most reliable thing. And like the only way to turn back a page is to touch the opposite side of the screen. So like if you're occupied with something else, you can't like, you can't read in one hand, which is what I find annoying. Yes. And the, the, the old, cause I too also went from a paper white to an oasis like many months ago. And yeah, the oasis has that just like that nice design. It's flatter on one side and it has like a little bit of bump where the buttons are to allow yeah, you to like hold it with one super hand. Ergonomic. I love yeah, it. It's fantastic. And you can left or right hand it. You can flip it and change it. Right. It's that. fantastic. Yeah. I think that Amazon purposely makes the Oasis so much better than the Paperwhite, so that way you have to put money out for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I have not done is actually listen to audiobooks because mm. Amazon also owns Audible and they own Goodreads, which is a horrible website um, <laughs> from a UX d- and design yeah. perspective. But it's great for keeping reading lists. It, it, it's great for keeping reading lists. And actually, uh, because I've been recreating, uh, don't, don't mean to hijack you, but I also have a my own personal bookshelf in Notion. I think I may just make that whole page public so you can just kind of see a, a list of things that I've also been reading. Though... I think I'll just do that for fun because you can also see that on Goodreads as well. Yeah. Um, but I just like the presentation on Notion better. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I it, the one thing I haven't done with my Oasis is actually listen to audiobooks uh, from Audible. I listen mm. to them on my phone and I've never used. I find that weird that you use a Kindle to listen to audiobooks. I didn't get the I didn't get the 32 gigabyte version because it's not useful unless you're doing Audible. Mm-hmm. integration with your kindle but i find that's a bit excessive but that's just me maybe some people prefer to not have their fun with them unless they don't have you you should if you haven't uh, sometimes depends on if they have it if you buy a book and it comes uh with a discount for the uh, audio version of the book as well and you get the combo mm-hmm. it keeps them both in sync so mm-hmm. if you that's listen, does, yeah. whisper sync right if you've never Listen to the audiobook while reading it. You have to do it. Okay. All right. I hear that helps with comprehension. Yes. You have to okay. do it. So I, I actually did that combo a while ago for the book American Prometheus by, it's about J. Robert Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. the lead researcher for the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. And I, it's a big book. So like I was listening to the audiobook for a while, but then it just kind of phased away. But yeah, maybe I could try that out with that book since I actually have a audiobook for it. You could, you could. Um, it's for me. I've, it's an enjoyable experience, and I like being able to do that. Um, there, yeah. There's just some books you get to, and I'm like, man, I wish I had a, like a a 
physical version of this or um, an ebook version to actually read along and and make better highlights and notes and comments. Because mm-hmm. when I read, I like to like highlight and make lots of notes, and I use a lot of sticky notes um, and everything. And it's a little bit more difficult when listening to the audiobook. But the great thing is that they keep each other in sync. So wherever you leave off on the audio, you can pick up in yeah. the ebook version. That's true. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. I've been reading a lot more <laughs> by new Kindle. Definitely a great purchase. I do not have any buyers or remorse in this thing right now. Of course, it's still a new toy. I might change my mind in the next week. But at the time being, I love this thing. On the next episode, Kyle, <laughs> I hate my Oasis. <laughs> right now, Kindle's get, uh, Kindle Oasis gets a 5 out of 5. <laughs> That's our mini review for this episode. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get down to the, the meat of the episode or the uh, fake meat if you're vegetarian. The beyond meat of the episode. That's a horrible joke. That's a bad joke. (laughs) We're keeping it in. (laughs) Getting down to the core of the episode. Yeah. (laughs) And that is working vacations, or as I've uh, heard them in the podcast Cortex called before, Graycations, because one of the hosts, Gray, will take his own working vacations. And since it sounds like it rhymes with a vey, they could call it Graycations. So this is my review, or this is our review on working vacations. Mark, as we have, uh, as we all know, is a uh, avid uh, connoisseur of these working vacations. He's mentioned them before in the show. Yes. And I never had the chance to do that because typically when I go travel, it's usually during the holidays to see my family for about a week and they're up in Colorado. So I don't really have the luxury of like spending a whole week off. Luckily, we're going through, or not luckily, unluckily, but fortunately I can make the best of the situation. I decided that... Uh, Everything happening right now is stressing me out and I had to take a break off and just focus on non-work things for a week. And that's uh, that's what I did for a whole week. And I have toggle timers to uh, kind of show how things went. Ooh, <laughs> tell let me us. first go through what my, what my whole thing was. So I took the week of Memorial Day off. So I could only use four vacation days instead of five. And I used that week to focus mostly on writing i i've been wanting to work on writing for a while i've kind of dreamed of the idea of like going to like a beachside hotel and just like writing during the day because i love the ocean and then going to the harbor at nighttime and like hang out there but i've never done that and so i had to make do with that with our stay-at-home uh culture that we have right now mm-hmm. and i was working on two writing projects one more than the other uh, I wish I had working names for these because I don't really want to call I don't want to call them out right now. Just do project and then something uh, we'll around. call one project high school. Okay, because it's uh one of the uh, uh it was it's based off a world that I created back in high school that I really wanted to revisit and I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't actually give it an honest attempt. Mm-hmm. And the other one we'll call project postmodernism because it's a very postmodern story I'm writing just for myself just to kind of work on my writing uh, my writing abilities and trying to find my voice because it takes place with a different writing style point of views different writing styles in general it's a very postmodern story that I don't think I'll ever release but it's like my main writing canvas right now yeah so I worked on those mostly project high school because that one is very dear to me and I realized that I have this world in my head but no plots involved i 
I have major events in my head that I want to get to. And those things are important for the evolution of this world. And I want to tell this world in three different eras, but the actual like nitty gritty character motivations, uh, internal conflicts, all that stuff I decided to work on during this week. And I would spend most of my mornings writing. Maybe I'll start with the writing prompts from our writing prompts, just kind of warm up. And then I get down to writing or what I call a story workshopping, which is like basically outlining your characters, outlining your plots. As Mark knows, I actually bought the the software Scrivener, which has been a great addition to my writing arsenal, I'd say. Because Scrivener allows you to do things like uh, have quick notes to things that you want like to look up. Like all my main notes are in Notion, which is fine. But... Uh, it's nice to have it in the all one document as well. And you could also do put different drafts in the same file. Like I had multiple Word documents with different drafts and they're kind of disjointed. Now I just easily click click around the Scrivener UI to get to the thing I want to. Unfortunately, I got Scrivener on Windows and they haven't updated their UI in 10 years and it looks dead and it's missing some features, but they have an open beta that's actually free that anybody could use. So even if you don't pay for it, you could still use a Scrivener 3 beta for Windows. I recommend checking out if you're into writing and you have a Windows computer. And uh, what else? Uh, I eventually did buy Scrivener for Windows, though, just because I wanted to vote with my dollar and like kind of motivate them them to finish Scrivener 3. And they already promised that people that have Scrivener for Windows right now that's out of date, they will give them a free upgrade to Scrivener 3. Unlike, I think, with the Mac users, they had to pay an additional fee to upgrade. They're being nice to the Windows users, which is nice for all of our patients. I can't recall all of our patients since I started using this thing a week ago. <laughs> so I'm really impatient with the development. Either way, though, I would um, that was my that was my ideal routine. I also would do things as well, like if I was feeling tired, I'd try to take a nap in the afternoon. I wouldn't necessarily take a nap, but I just like lie there for like 30 minutes listening to music, and that was like all I needed. I take after lunch walks, which is I think a great addition to my routine. Because like during the afternoon time, I'm basically useless when it comes to deep work. But I have plenty of room for scatter focus that I can't uh, necessarily use in the typical working at the office sense. Because you, are, you always feel obligated to like sit at your desk and uh, do things. But whenever I take this time off to work in the morning, then go on walks in the afternoon, I could come back that late afternoon and like solve the problems I was working on. Uh, what else? I also slept without an alarm, which is great because I was trying to figure out how much sleep I actually need. Right now, I've had the goal of getting seven hours of sleep, but I found out that without an alarm, I get between 7.45 to eight hours of sleep on most nights. And that is Fitbit sleep time, which actually means that you should add an additional hour on top of that because typically Fitbits will read uh, restlessness as being awake. Mm-hmm. And the average awake period for Fitbits uh, is an hour. So really, when it says eight hours, it means nine hours, which I don't like that number because it's nine hours of my day gone. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a good experiment to just kind of like tweak out my day and like see what would be the ideal work week for me. Mm -hmm. Amberly is working throughout the week, so I could like meet her rhythm. Like if she was in the office, I'd feel obligated to work. So that helped as well. But looking at my toggle data, uh, it shows an interesting story. I didn't put in as much productive hours as I typically do like on a normal work day because like I said, like I wasn't holding myself up to any obligations. I was just kind of like doing what I want to do at the given time. And so on Monday, uh, which was actually the hardest day because it was a holiday for both of us. So 
she was relaxing and binging on Netflix and like I was trying to work and I did get some work done, four and a half hours of work done, nearly four hours and 40 minutes. But, uh, you know, like when, whenever someone else is in vacation mode, you want to be in vacation mode too. So I, I think I took the afternoon off that day, just worked in the morning. Tuesday was my best day. I actually, writing wise, was my best day too. Tuesday, I spent six hours and nine minutes on working on projects and I... I think I wrote 2,000 words that day, which is a lot, especially for like a new writer. Uh, like I wrote a lot. I did like a thousand, maybe it was 3,000 words. I did like a, I need to find what the, the total was, but it's two to 3,000 words that day, which is the most I've ever written in a long time. I did a writing prompt in the morning from our writing prompts. And then I found a scene in this universe in Project High School that I just wanted to tell. And I just sat there and I just wrote like 2,000 words or so. Let me, no, I don't need to pull up this government document. That's not useful. But that was great. And then Wednesday started declining a bit. Wednesday, I spent five hours and five minutes of productive time. I found myself on Wednesday kind of struggling to think of like any good ideas. I just kind of sat there story workshopping, trying to figure things out. I had no writing energy. I exhausted myself the day before. But I did do some writing just to kind of force myself to write. Thursday wasn't so good. Thursdays, uh, during the context of the recording of this episode, was whenever the uh, George Floyd protests started hitting Austin. And like I was already following it around the news, uh, but it was getting local. And like I was kept up on local news and I was following Twitter a lot. And it just felt like constant thing of negativity and possible mis- misinformation. So, but I didn't think about that until Saturday when I decided to cut out social media for the rest of the week, uh, the week that we're currently recording, because uh, just like whenever you're angry at the world, you get really angry at the world and it's hard to focus. Mm-hmm. So Thursday, I spent two hours and 43 minutes of productive time. Friday, I edited some of, the, some of the productivity lab and that was good enough to keep my mind off of things for a bit. And I spent three hours and 14 minutes with editing and additional writing stuff. So the news definitely changed things. Uh, I decided now that I will be taking a break from social media. Uh, might be bringing in stuff like fan subreddits for like YouTubers and TV shows I like or and hobby subreddits into my life. But uh, that's as far as I go. For the time being, I'm only getting my news from uh, KUT and other local news stations here in Austin, along with uh, NPR's podcast Up First, which is like a TLDR of everything that happened last uh, the day before. So I decided that I'll be focusing on those things for the time being. And yeah, overall, the week was good. So the reason why we chose this though is that you've done these before, Mark. How are these working vacations for you? Of course, you've done them during times where there wasn't uh, <laughs> an international or national crisis happening at the same time. So Yes. Um, yeah, I love uh, these working vacations. Um yeah, I, I'm trying to think how long I've been doing them. Definitely uh, more than, um, ooh, I've probably been doing these for like six or seven years uh, of wow, having damn. working vacations. <laughs> so we've, you know, everyone does these in some manner. So they may take time off to either, you know, to focus on their family, take care of kids. Um, they may take it off to retile their kitchen floor or other home projects or whatever. I have um, 
taking them off to work on side projects. In my experience, it varies. Uh, so one of the things that for me, and I'm, I'm not curious of if how you planned your day, but generally uh, when one of the things like if I take one now, uh, actually I had one uh, and end of March, um, I had took a week off for a work vacation and I was doing training that week. And apparently back in February, I plan to take three days off for a super long weekend in June. So uh, coming up oh, uh, yeah, soon. Earlier. <laughs> um, so in February, I was already planning of doing a uh, working vacation, if you will. So they vary for me traveling somewhere or me staying home. I do have like cool like hotels and, and, and resorts or whatever that I've bookmarked that I would like to go to travel to, to spend my time writing. And then like you do touring or going out at night or doing something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, so generally my day, I plan my day, my goals, my tasks, like where I want to be at certain points. I have all of that. Like, uh, I plan that out, document that. Then when it's go time, you know, you just hop into it and you start working on that project. Um, I do plan those breaks in between because it, it's nice to be able to work in those those chunks and those blocks of, uh, you know, focusing on writing or planning or whatever it is that that I'm doing. So it's been great to be able to do those and to be able to kind of come down from the stresses of your day job. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. Especially like if you're trying to juggle so many things in your day job at the same time. Exactly. Like a typical day for me, I spend like maybe an hour to two hours outside of work just working on non-work stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like it just gets tiring. It does. It does. Um, and so being able to t- kind of take that time to de-stress from your work job and then to work on something like super creative. Like there's a mm. difference, especially if you have a creative job, there's a difference when you're working on something you're instructed to be creative about or whatever. Yeah. It's not something that you really want to work on. Yeah. But then to be able to take the time and focus either on you, uh, whatever your side project is, it's a focus on you. Um, it, it's really great and it really helps rejuvenate you. So it's, yeah, for over these past, you know, several years of me doing that, I still love doing them. I still love taking time off to work for them. And sometimes it's just the weekend where I'll plan just for that weekend. I'll do something. I may not take the time off. Um, now I can be a little bit extra with the time since I have, quote unquote, unlimited vacation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so things aren't so, uh, uh, um, uh, critical when I do take vacation time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, using that to take that, to be able to focus, I mean, it's, it's been pretty great. Yeah. When's the last one you took? So the last time I took was the end of March. Um, and I actually have it, I keep a notebook or planner on my desk that I write out my weekly planning and my week to week. So um, at the end of March, um, I actually had just recovered or was, you know, my final recovering from being sick. And at the time I wanted to focus on UX design and training. So prepping for that, um, I, that week I was actually supposed to go to Las Vegas 
for my comp- company's uh, conference, but we went into shutdown earlier that month. And, and that's when everything was starting to be locked down around the country. So we end up canceling that. And I was like, well, since I was already not going to technically be at work doing my day job and I was going to be working with our, you know, answering questions for our customers, why not just take the rut that whole week off? My boss okayed it. Um, it's like have fun. And so I spent the week uh, focusing on UX design, which is something that I would like to do or a career I would like to transition into what UX design and web design. So I just made a list uh, of research of the courses and things that I would need to take uh, or that I would like to take to be able to focus on and all of the, all of that good stuff. And um, I knew I wasn't going to be able to complete all of them, but also at that same time, I think Udemy was having big sales on a lot of their courses So I was able to pick those up and also get them reimbursed for my job. So that week I built out my, you know, weekly uh, focus, uh, what courses and things that I wanted to focus on for that that week. Then I built out my daily schedule of when I was actually going to start, quote unquote, work, which was my UX training, when I was going to have lunch, when I was going to break for dinner. And, And so I had a full day schedule day to day. And was able to hop in and start working uh, and focusing directly on those things. So that was the last one I did. It was a full week of UX design and training uh, that I did. And I was able to get through a lot of the courses and information uh, and everything else. And I even picked up even more uh, courses to do later that week, in which I won't start focusing on until quarter three. So July, August uh, time frame is when I'll probably hop back into it. But my upcoming um, retreat um, that I've talked about on the previous episodes of a writing retreat, um, I'm going to be using that time off that I had planned for June. It's three days off my work, uh, whatever, uh, Thursday, Friday, and that following Monday. And I'm going to be working on my current project mixtape in which I think I may keep that name or not keep that name, but it's a small, I guess, ebook chapbook, uh, poetry collection. That's right. Every time that's before. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's going to be a trilogy of those and the primary focus of those, uh, of, uh, of working on those as for my publishing, I guess, imprint is that it helps get me quicker, uh, gets me focused and experience with, the publishing, actual technical publishing process, because you can read about things all you want, uh, but it'll help me actually get through that process. So then when Project Dollar comes through, I'm a little bit more experienced. But that's kind of been my experience with these working vacations and kind of how long I've been doing them each time or as you become more more experienced, you kind of nail down your process um, to kind of get the best out of it. And since it's a working vacation, you know, I try to make sure I'm, I'm not spending my time working 24 seven, but um, <laughs> that I have a good chunk of time to be able to focus on those things and then do the vacation piece of it. Uh, how Do you have like a hit list usually set up for your working vacations or do you time block them? For the session for when I'm working? 
Yeah, for like when you're working. Yeah, yeah. So I time block it. So I, I put what my hours are going to be. So generally, I would actually start at, um, I would pick probably a start time at 10 o'clock is, is when I will start for my schedule. So whether I'm focused on training um, during that time or if I'm fo- focused on writing activities, uh, 10 a.m., I generally go from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's then broken in blocks to where I'll do about three, four hours. And then I'm kind of like, okay, I need a little break. And then you have your lunch um, or I go watch an episode or TV or two. And then I come back to it and then uh, finishing anything else that I'm doing. There's also I've in the past did word counts if I'm writing like, okay, this is the word count that overall, this is the word count that I need to hit during this workation. So what does that break down to what I need to do on a daily basis? Um, And then those are my writing goals per day. So even though I may put 10 to six, that's kind of just estimated estimating on when I would like to be able to do that eat and then just chill for the night. Sometimes I may eat dinner and then I'm like, okay, I need, may need to come back to writing. So then I'll spend another hour or two hours at night to do writing to hit that word count. Um, I've since changed from, yes, their word count matters and it, it work count matters um, in, in a sense, but I've changed to, so that I don't feel completely horrible if I don't hit a word count to writing sprint. Um, okay. So like a certain amount of time. Yeah. So I, instead of saying today I'm going to do, my goal is to hit 6,000 words or 5,000 words. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, my today I need to complete um, eight writing sprints mm-hmm. and writing sprints are 25 minute blocks of time. Right. Um, so I need to complete eight of those and I start and I start the timer and I write out, you know, eight sprints for today, you know, eight check boxes or whatever. And I sit and I focus and I write and I have that little break. I get up, move, and I'm still thinking about the story or whatever mm-hmm. I'm needing to write. And I come back and I write um, and I do that. Um, so then that helps. I found that to be changing to that recently. So when I wrote the uh, when I was doing the training in May um, or my uh, speaking session in May, um, I didn't know how long the word count was for the the thing that I was going to do. It uh, ended up being a little over forty four hundred words. Wow, that's a lot of words. (laughs) Yeah. Going back and looking, I'm like, I should probably wrap this up in an ebook and, and, and push it out. But instead of saying like, I didn't know what the word count was, I knew where I wanted to be, but to get there, I was like, okay, tonight I only have time to do. And it was a lot was happening during that time personally and at work, but I was like, okay, I need to write tonight. So I need to, I can't think about the time because for me thinking about writing for two hours, triggers anxiety and and me thinking about well, you need 2000 words because you need to advance. You need to get to this particular word count triggers anxiety. But if I can Mm -hmm. say 
do you got time to do three writing sprints tonight or four writing sprints tonight or maybe just two writing sprints tonight? Mm-hmm. That's much easier because and that's less pressure because I'm like, I know I can do two sprints. And so I sit down and produce what I can produce in that time. So I found for my writing retreats, uh, switching to to doing sprints instead of workout. There is a workout that I would like to hit. But I don't I won't get there unless I have a good process in writing and the using sprints and telling and breaking things down into sprints that I need to write helps me fortify and develop my process, which helps me produce the word counts that helps me reach my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, I do break it down into a schedule uh, for writing, um, but I try to say. Uh, I do look within that time window and say, I would like to hit eight sprints today, or I would like to hit six sprints today. And then I work to those sprints and see Mm, what I can produce. I didn't do that. I was just more relaxed, but it's also because being stressed out. So I didn't really want to do stress upon me. It was just like, I'll work until I want to stop working and that's it. Yeah. I did try to force myself to sit down at my, I think it was Thursday. I forced myself to sit down at my computer for a couple hours, even like when I was producing nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, this is also a vacation for me. So like by like around three or like three or four o'clock that day, I was like, I'm just going to go on the couch and watch YouTube and Netflix. So, <laughs> and that was totally worth it. Yeah. Because it is that you gotta embrace the vacation part of it as well. Even if it's just like you and vacation, like you should still take that time to relax. Absolutely. I know, uh, uh, so yeah, so in the vacation part, you you've traveled before for mm-hmm. these. Uh, what are some places you've been to for these working vacations? I've traveled back home before. Um, I went to San Jose. I have a friend in San Jose. Um, then we've traveled up like through the mountains uh, to be uh, to just chill and tour and, and see stuff. Um, dog in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken smaller road trips to just places around that's been near Austin, actually. Mm. Um, I actually went to, one time I went to uh, San Antonio. There's a cool hotel called Hotel Emma that they uh, redesigned out of a, I think it was used to be a brewery. Um, so that was super cool to kind of go there and then do the river walk and everything else. Oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, but I, that was a writing retreat for me, mm. so I was able to write. I was planning in March, actually, before uh, when they were canceling Vegas, I was going to do my training, but I actually wanted to go to Marfa, Texas. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you mentioned that to me. Yeah, you're thinking about going to Marfa. Yeah. yeah, I would love to go there and see the art installations and everything, but then things shut down. Yeah. And even still, there are some places like I would like to visit in Florida, um, some pretty cool hotels uh, uh, uh on a beach to be able to mm-hmm. check out. Um, yeah, I've, I've, you've been all across America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I try to, um, there's just a list of places that I have. I, I actually keep a, uh, a little page in a notion called travel. And I mark these places out like potential future retreats that I can do, Uh, whether it's a weekend driving or whatever. And I see like these cool like bed and breakfast or uh, hotels or Mm -hmm. wherever. Um, And I'm like, oh, that'd be pretty cool to visit. Maybe I can do a writing retreat for that weekend or something like that Mm -hmm. um, to go there and, and just have a nice place to 
go around and visit, um, take in the sites, take some pictures, but then also focus on writing. Because as a writer, like going out to visit and experience other things helps influence you and gives mm-hmm. you lots of great things. So it's great to be able to go to different places. So writing is a good ex- it's truth of everything. Like it's yeah, not, it's truth of any kind of do, any work you're working on, but. Writing is definitely a good uh, way to practice uh, hyper focus and skyer focus. Oh yeah, it is absolutely. But it's true with everything too. Like I will find myself solving problems or stuff at work when I'm walking around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that writing is a good way to do it. Just because like it's 100 cerebral. Yes, it's all 100 percent in your head. One thing I want to know is like how much work do you actually get done during these vacations? Because I, my, as I sent to you on Slack, actually, how I felt like that the uh, working vacation I was going to go. This is just from a writing perspective. It could be mm-hmm. different. Like if you're doing housework, it could be much more productive. But uh, it was like a, I sent you a gif of like Kermit the Frog, like just typing away at a typewriter. Like that's like why that was going to happen. But uh, really, it felt like that scene from SpongeBob where he's trying to like write an essay and like he like, he's like, I got it. I got it. And he like starts like scribbling down the paper. And the next thing he knows, he like wrote down a fancy the, and that's it. That's how it felt <laughs> for me. I was like, I got one thing done. I spent five days, and I got one thing done that I actually I'm happy about. <laughs> like I was like, I'm gonna write chapters. But I was like, I don't even know what the plot of this thing is yet. I just know the world. So I was like, started writing chapters. But then I was like, I don't even know what chapters I write. There's one chapter I was writing that I absolutely hid in the middle of it. And then I just uh, quit writing that chapter. No, you got to so, finish. You got to finish. Got to finish. I know, I know. That's that's one thing that I'm learning myself, and and that um, even for the short story I'm writing right now, I'm like, actually, for a lot of my writing, I get to a point where I'm like, I don't like this. I actually hate this, um, and I want to stop. But you need to finish. Yeah. Um, and There's so a, I've been finishing to, a lot more stuff. To contain this uh, philosophy of writing that we're carrying out through this episode because this is something that we both enjoy. And one reason why we take these working vacations is uh, in the book, Ron Carlson writes a story, really good uh, short story or a short book on uh, the construction of a short story this author, Ron Carlson, wrote and like how he got to the point. And the thing that he emphasizes throughout the entire book is stay in the room, which is stay in the room is too it means two different things. One, it means don't leave your desk, stay there. Just like you might want to get coffee, but wait a bit. You get to wait on coffee and stay in the room and also stay in the room with your scene, stay in the scene mm. because if you don't know where it's going, keep on writing and you'll find a solution to the problem. And this is also just for first drafts because of the second draft, you should know the stuff already. You polish it, you rewrite it. You should not be, as I've learned through the week, I listened to a podcast too, a lot called writing and breathing Mm-hmm. by uh hosted by anthony johnson uh he's a comic book writer and now an author i think he also does some tv writing uh he is the author of atomic blonde which was a movie that came oh, out yeah. a couple years ago he wrote the original graphic novel i haven't seen the movie or read the graphic novel I but neither. i hear it's a good movie uh but he likes to write spy thrillers and that's up his wheelhouse but um the one thing they it was iterated a lot throughout the uh through the uh, podcast that made me control is that you should keep your first chef will always be crap. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be crap and just write it for yourself. Nobody will ever read it except for yourself. So (laughs) it's like, that gave me me some more comfort to like try to be discomfortable scenes. Yeah. I think it's like drafting is you always get rid of stuff, but this is not a writing podcast. Although I'd be happy (laughs) to do a spinoff podcast, like the writing lab. Oh my God. (laughs) 
Uh, that <laughs> amazing. Another project idea added to the queue. I love it. Yeah, I know. The it's writing insane. lab. <laughs> the writing lab. I'll be hosting three podcasts then. I have my own manager networks. <laughs> oh, I will be so down for that. Okay. But okay, anyway, <laughs> we're, we're getting off topic. Let's go down to the, the meat again of the, of these working vacations. Like they're useful for everything. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they're good for a time around the house, which actually this is saying I really, if I was a CEO of a company, I would give my employees one mental health day a, a month, at least that they could use for their own liking. Yes. No questions asked. Like if they have like a bunch of like formal, like, uh, I don't know, legal documents, like with like, uh, getting a driver's license, getting inspections, like all that stuff done, car issues. Like they want to get that done. Just take the day off. No questions asked. Don't need to worry about burning vacation time. Don't need to worry about burning sick time. I wish that was true in American culture because these things are so useful for getting those things off your mind. Oh, yeah. Like I've taken vacation days because I've had things I had to get done, like getting my car inspected or repaired or even like a creative idea. Like I just couldn't focus at work because I had to get off my head. So I would take it the next day off just to work on it. Like I've used vacation time for that. It'd be nice to not, you know, dip into the vacation time. I used to see my family twice a year. To <laughs> yeah. Get my mind. Yeah. That's a rant on this, but this gets us to the, the review territory. Uh, are they worth it? And should you take them? I give it a yes. This is a five out of five for me. Doesn't matter what your vacation is. If it's housework, if it's, uh, if it's, uh, getting things off your mind, like writing stuff or project stuff, or maybe you have a, an ultra learning project you want to work on. Like you did with the UX design. Mm -hmm. Like it's great for that. So I give these things a five out of five. If you could do it, of course, this is also speaking as Americans. We don't have as gentrification time as they do in Europe. Yeah. So yeah. How about you, Mark? How do you feel? Um, yeah, I love them. Five out of six out of five. Um, Six out of five, yeah. Or as the old internet meme, uh, five out of seven. Um, no. <laughs> or uh, seven out of five. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love them. Yeah, like even even um, thinking now, yes, I'm, I have a much better vacation policy currently than I did in the past. But even then, with the limited three-week you know, vacation, Everyone's life situation is different. Some people actually take um, only use their vacation for to take care of their kids, mm-hmm. um, like for sick days or something like that. Because even still, we don't uh, people don't have great sick day vacations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there's lots of different situations to have a working vacation or work vacation. It doesn't necessarily need to be a whole week off. I'm still ch- getting used to. My after what my 18 years professional career of still being getting used to actually taking a week off Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because the way I've always done it, because, you you know, previously, previous jobs, you get two weeks or three weeks vacation, Mm -hmm. which is still better than some places. Um, You. I didn't want to take a full week off and then like, oh, I got two weeks left for the rest of the year. So I took a lot of a day here. A day there and I was strategically planned like okay which holidays do we actually get off from work okay I gotta make sure I don't take a day here that interrupts with that or maybe I can take that Friday or that following Monday off to extend the weekend or something um, however you need to do it um, 
and taking a day off uh, uh, for that and the planet, if it's just to not do anything, it's, you're still working on you. If it's to let to unleash your creativity, um, fantastic. Go for it. If you want to spend the day drawing, if you want to spend the day editing, uh, spend a day, day working on your home renovations or fixing something that you've been meaning to get to. It's a great way to de-stress from your job, to focus on other things, because it helps you not have to think about that thing you need to do to break your concentration in your day job. Like you were saying, Kyle, right? Like you couldn't focus because you your mind is building up with all these other things that you want to do or need to get done. So you take the day off and you can get those done and you come back to work. At least I do. I come back to work refreshed, ready to mm-hmm. be you yeah. know, super I productive. Feel like I- the week before I took this vacation, I was starting to hate my job. And then I came back to my work this week. I was like, this is fine. I like this. Right. And I turned to like, what well, was it? Just the buildup of all the stress and just the desire for something different, especially in a time of uh, social distancing. Mm-hmm. That it was nice to have something different, despite not changing my, my scenery, how I worked within it changed. Yes. And that made a huge difference. Yeah. So I love it. Five out of five. Do it if you can, if your schedule allows. Um, if you're I'm, a remote worker, you could probably take the week off. Well, not really take the week off, but just travel somewhere and do the whole digital nomad for a week. Exactly. Where you just work from home or work from home, quote unquote, working from home and I've, from abroad. I've been lucky enough to be allowed to be able to do that. So sometimes I don't necessarily have to use vacation to go visit family because I get to work remotely um, uh, where my family is at. So I'll spend the entire week back home working during the day and then hanging out with friends and going visit family throughout the weekend weekend. And I just, I use the weekends to, uh, you know, travel, uh, since I drive. So, um, spend the weekend driving up and driving back home. So there's lots of, if you have that flexibility, there's lots of creative things that you can do. And there's lots of things that you can do with your working vacation. Yeah, so I think uh, we're in agreement on this one. This is a solid five out of five. Yes, yes, I love it. So let's talk about the next one. The next one is going to be something that was, at least for me, inspired by my working vacation where I didn't sleep with an alarm on and I just woke up whenever my body told me to wake up. And like during the working vacation, I go to sleep maybe an hour later than usual most nights. So I was waking up like around 7.30 to 8. But uh, I usually go to bed typically between... 9.30 to 10 instead of doing the working vacation uh, 10 to 11 and so we're going to do an experiment now where we don't sleep with an alarm for two weeks unless like there's like a meeting you have to get to at 8am that's definitely the exception right there yeah but if uh, for days that you can flex your time flex your time don't have an alarm and see what it's like to be well rested for two weeks because that's actually really hard to do if you uh, have like a strict schedule like both you and I do Yes. I am actually going to find this strange because I typically work half days on Fridays because I work nine hours most days, but I'm going to find it hard to work later into the evening if I have to. So we'll see how this goes. I'm looking forward to see how this experiment will end up. I'm looking forward to being well rested, says the Kyle with five hours of sleep right now because <laughs> I can't stay up until I can't stay up past 10 anymore. If not, my body's going to give me sleep deprivation anyways. Mm-hmm. Wake up at seven no matter what. It's up until one and I. <laughs> whatever problems of getting older and your circadian rhythm gets more ingrained into your daily life yes anyways 
In the meantime, where can people find you, Mark? You cannot find me posting on Twitter <laughs> at AskMarkio. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram to see my horrible illustrations and stuff at uh, Instagram at AskMarkio. That's AskMarkio. You can see my horrible writings and illustrations combined together all in one place for you to make fun at at AskMark.io. You can also find this show on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab and find all the links to everything that we reference in our beautiful show notes at tpl.show for short or the productivitylab.show. Where can they find you, Kyle? You can find me on Twitter, which I will not be posting that much either. Uh, for the time being, of course, this is being released about a month in the future, so maybe that time has passed. But you can find me on Twitter at KyleSQ9 and also on Instagram at the same handle. You can find my personal website where I'm now posting my writing prompt submittals to our writing prompts on a weekly basis. I typically write two a week, but I only publish it once a week. That is at quadrant9.net, which is now an official website, quadrant9.net, not quadrant9.wordpress.com. So you can find me there. In the meantime, stay productive. In the meantime, where can people find you, Mark? You can find me not post. I'll stop playing with my pen. <laughs> I was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs>